The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub, featuring an in-depth study of the Bible by Pastor Greg Scalzo, entitled Heavenly Authority. We are currently in Matthew chapter 23, in the section where Jesus teaches that the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. And Pastor Greg has been examining this section so that we better understand respect for authority in the church and the limits to that respect. In the prior parts of the message, Pastor described how the Pharisees were the Bible believers of their day, holding to the inspiration of all the books that now comprise our Old Testament. The scribes were educated men who preserved God's Word and were much like the Bible teachers of today, interpreting God's Word for the people. So let's rejoin Pastor Greg Scalzo for the conclusion of the message. They had God's Word, and many of them dedicated their lives to the law. And so, when Jesus speaks about them here, he says of the Pharisees and their scribes, of the Pharisee religious leaders, he says, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and they do not do so. Or, as the NIV says, they do not practice what they preach. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear. That's all the extra traditions of the elders. Heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move a finger. They will not move them with one of their fingers. They don't help. All they do is pile on the burdens. And that was the state of the common man in Israel. They were overloaded. They were religiously overtaxed by what they had to do. And so while the Pharisees were popular to begin with, the average person was suffering. The one that really wanted to seek God and be a good Jew and do that which was right, they were being overwhelmed by the burden placed upon them, all the traditions that were being placed on top of God's true word. And then verse 5, but all their works they do to be seen by men. And we study this, they make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garment. They love the best places at the feast, the best seats in the synagogue. Greetings in the marketplace to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and just what we read at the beginning. They, because they had the word of God, didn't mean they didn't follow down the natural path of sin. And so Jesus here shows respect for the office. They sit in Moses' seat. Do what they tell you to do. Observe what they tell you to observe. He could have said, reject them. He could have said, treat them with disdain. But he doesn't. He could have had the average person rebel against them. But he didn't. Why? They sit in Moses' seat. The New Testament, the teaching of the Lord, is not one of chaos. It's not one of rebellion and destruction. 
Sometimes you have to leave the old wineskins alone. You don't rip them apart. Because they represent an institution in God, and even though the people in the institution have gone bad, you don't want to find yourself fighting against an institution of God. Consider the world at that time. They had the law of Moses. They taught the people. Notice the men and the women, the common folk, learned the word of God through these Pharisees and scribes. And so people like the fishermen and the tax gatherers, they could recognize Messiah because they had heard the word of God as they grew up. And you can't minimize the importance of that position, even though at the same time, what does he have to do? Jesus speaks the truth. And the rest of this chapter, all the woes to the Pharisees and the scribes, he's very blunt, he's very strong, he tells them what's going to happen to them. He speaks the truth, but he still doesn't tell the people, pay no attention to them. He tells them they sit in Moses' seat, therefore what they tell you to do, observe and do. There needed to be some type of governmental influence in Israel. And in principle, at least, this is based upon the law of God, even though the participants became as vipers. This is the group closest with the right foundation. And they have governmental power in the Sanhedrin. And in many ways, they're serving the function of the priests of old. Remember in Deuteronomy chapter 17, in verse 9, And you shall come to the priests, the Levites, and to the judge there in those days, and inquire of them, and they shall pronounce upon you the sentence of judgment. You shall do according to the sentence which they pronounce upon you in that place which the Lord chooses. And you shall be careful to do according to all that they order you, according to the sentence of the law in which they instruct you, according to the judgment which they tell you. You shall do. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left from the sentence which they pronounce upon you. Now the man who acts presumptuously and will not heed the priest who stands to minister there before the Lord your God or the judge, the man shall die, so you shall put away the evil from Israel. They act as the judge. Because they have the word of God, they sit as in Moses' seat. Remember the people would bring to Moses all their cases to make a judgment, there needs to be someone to arbitrate, to administer. And this was the system really in Israel at the time. And Jesus is not looking to destroy, to overthrow. He doesn't want to breed in his disciples a spirit of rebellion and anarchy. He wants his followers to know the truth to perceive the truth, to understand where the Pharisees have gone wrong, so that later on then, when they are in a position of authority, they don't do the same thing. Don't do as the Pharisees, but you, you are all brethren. And yet he's not there to overthrow or have an open rebellion against these people. He has a proper respect shown for the position of Moses' seed, but then what? He goes on to speak the truth, and boy, is it ever harsh to tell why they're acting, how they're acting, what their true motivation is. Truth should be spoken, but that does not mean you need to have open rebellion. And I'll just close. There's a lot of good things I wanted to say today, but the time is short. If you look later on in Matthew chapter 23, 
as he goes about to tell them, but woe to you scribes of verse 13 and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. They become corrupt. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore you will receive greater condemnation. And it goes on and on. And if you go down to verse 33, serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, verse 34, wise men and scribes. There will be a new order of scribes, new Bible teachers that Jesus will send out, New Testament teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. And we read about that in the book of Acts. That on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. It is not the Lord's ministry on earth to remove them. By their blindness, by their rejection of him and those he sends out, they will remove themselves. He knows that their rejection of him and the very truth of God the Father then will deal with the Pharisees, the scribes, and really the whole nation of Israel will be trampled upon by the Romans. And it will be manifested. Their sin will bring about its own punishment down upon them. And they have turned from the very word they teach, and so as they persecute those under the new covenant, all the blood from righteous Abel to the blood of of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, will be placed upon them because they knew better. They had the word of God. Now, Zechariah, son of Berechiah, this is one of those scriptures, and I don't think I mentioned this the last time we read it because we, we read quickly over this. This is one of those scriptures that they will use to um, criticize the Bible. And if you have a Bible difficulties book, the Christian bookstores will have books on Bible difficulties that'll try to harmonize or reconcile what appears to be differences in the scriptures. This is one you'll always find in a Bible difficulty book because you have Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, who was the prophet at the return of the Babylonian captivity around 500 BC, he prophesies. But there's no mention of him being martyred, though some Bible difficulty sections will say, well, Maybe he was martyred, and we don't know about it, but Jesus knew about it. That's one explanation for this. That's one I, I thought for many years. There is a Zechariah uh, back in Second Chronicles, chapter 24, verse 20, uh, who was killed by the king. But this is before the northern section of Israel is captured into Assyria. This is back around 800 B.C., and he's murdered by the king, of Judah because of his prophecy. So he is, he is one that we know was murdered. And the uh, humanistic philosophy will say as well, Jesus got them confused. He mixed up the Zechariah who was murdered in 800 BC. His father wasn't Berechiah. His father was not Berechiah, that. With Zechariah the prophet whose father was Berechiah. And it was a slip of the tongue. And so the Bible's not accurate. And it is an interesting thing when you study the different possibilities of who is 
the Zechariah, son of Berechiah. And you know what we're going to do? I'm going to tell you next week who I think it is. Because I think it's a very, it's an interesting part of the study when you study who this person is. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word. And we just pray, Lord, that you help your ministers throughout this globe, Lord, who preach the word of Jesus Christ, to be good scribes, good interpreters of your new covenant, your holy law in Christ Jesus, Father, to interpret and to teach properly, to rightly divide your word of truth, and to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, the scribes, not to repeat the error, but to learn from it, that we would Understand, Lord God, the respect for the positions you place your servants in. And yet, Father, we understand the seriousness of those positions and the truth that in the human flesh all too often we can go the way of pride and arrogance, desiring the spotlight to be upon us, to have attention upon the appearances and the praises of men rather than your praise, the praise of God. Father, help your ministers, help your church in Jesus' name. Amen. Join Pastor Greg Scalzo on the web. On the Shi'ar Jeshub website, you will find information about Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, as well as an archive of our radio programs with in-depth Bible teaching and preaching. The address is www.shiarjeshub.org. And can I ask you to pray about supporting this ministry? Our address is Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve Him.